Let's do it. Let's crack some beverages. Oh. Yes. Gorgeous. Wonderful. I'm drinking something new tonight. What are you drinking? It is a Paloma cocktail. Have you guys ever had a Paloma? Oh, no. this is what you were drinking while we were uh, oh. rafting. Yes. Okay. So just a quick moment to make Jeff jealous. Uh, no, don't do this. I'm I... always jealous. I don't need any. <laughs> well, it's not. <laughs> don't tell me about good times you've had without me. Okay. I don't want to know. We had a no, really, we had a really, really terrible that time. That kind of sideways hail rain. Yeah, it was terrible, Jeff. Three of us bleeding, one of us with a concussion. It was just a terrible day. But uh, I mentioned in a previous podcast that uh, we got a canoe. So that's a big, you know, in Andrew's extravagant purchases corner. We got a canoe. We finally used the canoe. This was not our first time, but so we got Hayden and Nikki, me and Colleen. We all went out to this uh, public lake out in Longmont, Colorado, and <laughs> we packed a cooler and Hayden and Nikki were on paddleboards and we were in the canoe and we just uh, cruised around, had some drinks. And yes, I was drinking this on the uh, canoe trip and it's really good. I've never like the the world has never seen the brightness that is cocktails in a can. I mean, yeah. I we are at this is the peak of societal scientific advancement is canned cocktails. And I'm very happy with this one. It's really good and it's 7% alcohol. How about that? What what is in a Paloma? So, classically um it's tequila and grapefruit and I think you do put soda water in it. Am I wrong, Hayden? Does that sound right? Sounds right. Yeah, sounds right. Something like that. And you can uh, tell me anything, and I just probably nod and agree. Mm. Like, oh, I don't, yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I'm sophisticated. I know that cocktail. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm Salsa very, water. very well Not tonic adjusted. water, though. Those are different. Tonic and that. soda water do have a very distinct difference, but not. no need to jump down that. Anyway, so, yeah, this they canned this, and it's super good. I mean, it might be one of the best canned beverages I've ever had. And it's gluten-free for all you weird people out there, glutards out there. So there you go. It's a great, it's a great is drink. That, is that the beverage that the guy on Ologies talked about a bunch? I thought I remembered him talking oh. about a Paloma a couple times. No, he talked about uh, the uh, daiquiri. Right? Daiquiri, yes, the classic yeah, he daiquiri. The okay. I don't know why I've heard of Paloma then. I, I feel like just recently someone was talking about a Paloma, but it, who knows? It's a pretty classic uh, Mexican restaurant drink. If you go to like okay. a Taco Tuesday or something, it's pretty much always on there. Uh, like it's right under the house margarita, typically on the drink menu. Palomas are pretty popular. Hmm. I think actually Colleen likes Palomas more than uh, margaritas. So oh, there dang. you go. She's a tequila lady. So meanwhile, <laughs> this last weekend was when I learned what a Paloma was. So there you go. And now they come in a can. I will. I will. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people come to this podcast and they're like, "Hey, I, I really need." drink advice what do you what are you drinking this week you know that that's like a big thing i think for people probably half the viewership uh i would say over half yeah and uh i will say very good very expensive i think a four pack was like 12 bucks a four oh, pack yeah so it's expensive they, I but i want to come in like eight ounce eight ounce, or no no it's like, like a, it's like a full can yeah it's a 12 right. ounce beverage yeah, yeah. Right. higher alcohol pack, than a lot of beer but heck yeah Maybe maybe it's just starting out. Maybe they'll get cheaper as we go. I feel like we're in the renaissance of canned drinks because no one can go to the bar. Oh, oh my <laughs> God, true. yes. Totally, totally. And you Why know, $4 make a, cocktail? a drink versus uh, getting a bar drink for 8 to $10. That's, that's pretty reasonable. <laughs> getting a, yeah, yeah getting like a well drink money. for $8. Yeah, yeah. Let me do a quick update. Did you? I don't know if you guys saw this. So we were talking about Dr. Disrespect, and I know Hayden's on the fucking edge of his seat. So please oh. calm down, Hayden. Oh. oh, give me that reality TV show, video games. Go. Dude, my heart rate went up when I saw a headline with his name in it. I was like, if we can finally find out, is this it? And we still, okay, this is what I was going to say. He did an interview with PC Gamer, and his response was, I still don't know why I'm banned. I'm like, how the fuck do you not know? Yeah, he was just like, I don't know, and I'm not going back to Twitch, and I'm also not going to just sign with anybody. And it's just like, that's all you have to say. Uh, yeah. That was a whole article. Yeah. It was like useless information. But I think he was like, I got to kind of keep my public image up because I need people to come back and watch my stream wherever it happens to go. So I respect the move, but it's like, dude, you know what we want, and there's no way you don't know. I'm way past the point of you don't know. <laughs> way past that. Yeah, I 100% agree. 
Yeah. Yeah, but admitting you listen, you watch kitty porn probably also cuts viewers. So oh yeah. Balance I, those two. Let's yeah, Doctor Disrespect. That's probably ninety nine percent chance. That's not why. Just to be a hundred percent fair here. But yes, I see what you mean. If it was something to the point where we're like, holy shit, you're actually human garbage, I totally agree with you. But it's going to come out eventually, so why not get in front of it? Maybe he can't. I think he can't legally. I think that's the whole thing, so he's just playing dumb. Yeah. yeah. Just for our listeners who maybe this is their first time in, I don't know. Hopefully everybody listens to every episode and knows everything. But Dr. Disrespect, like the number one Twitch streamer, was banned from Twitch, and there are thousands of speculations why, and no information about it, even though it's been three weeks, which is in the internet is fucking three years. Like, the internet lifespan is so short. Good job uh, <laughs> pulling us back on track, Jeff. I feel like without your, like, recaps of things, we would just be blathering the whole time. <laughs> that <laughs> is super fair. About? Okay, well, new tangent. Let me tell you guys about something that's changed our lives in the last two days. <laughs> Andrew really Jeff, came into this prepared. <laughs> I got some like, other. I got some fucking, shit to talk about. No, no, this Call, is great. No, please keep going, Andrew. You're on a fucking roll. Please all right. go ahead. All right. So Colleen went to Target the other day, and she found this. Uh, this like, you know, I don't know how to describe it exactly. It's like a roller. So imagine a paint roller. It's a <laughs> mini paint roller that's made out of this like rock. It's a jade. It's called a jade roller, and you like roll it oh. on your face. It's like a little it's face a massager. It's a big if deal. If Colleen has one of these, I don't want to upset her, but I'm pretty sure it's the equivalent, the, the new age equivalent of one of those belts that they put around women in the past and it just vibrates and it's supposed <laughs> to vibrate the abs into you. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, oh, I, I don't think there's any medical benefits other than it feels really nice and I like it. Did you Do you have it on you? I want to see it. Don't they claim oh, that it's... Uh, what are the medical benefits? Know. Okay, so it, apparently there are some quote-unquote medical benefits to it. But, it, okay, here's here's my thing about it it feels really good it feels awesome it's a little jade roller thingy you roll it all over your face it feels so good we liked it so much colleen bought a bigger one so we can roll more surface area on our faces (laughs) yeah exactly like that hayden's rolling a beer on his face i want you to imagine that it feels it's nice and so good are you feeling collagen growth Oh, so much collagen. I'm sure it's happening. I agree. Anyway, so I don't care. I, oh, I think your face looks more beautiful than I've ever seen it. It's great. Oh, look here. at all that collagen. I have the box. Here we go. Let's read the box. Oh, boxes. No. You're not allowed to lie on boxes. I'm about to regret everything I just said. The best natural skincare tool that will cool, tighten, and debuff your skin in seconds. Exclamation point. Secret weapon of estheticians. Jade Roller has been used for centuries in China. I don't trust it now for some reason. That's that's not racist, right? It sounds a little racist. Okay. This gemstone varies in color, form. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I'm going to skip this section. <laughs> All right, here. Let's no, read the no, benefits sections. The benefits are not few. Stimulate collagen production. Plump fine lines and reduce cell turnover time. Help close and minimize enlarged pores. Provide relief from tension headaches when rolled over temples. Tighten and firm the skin by boosting elastin. Minimize spots around chin and jawline caused by toxin buildup. And this is covered by a sticker, but the second word is facial muscles for improved elasticity and more. So there you go, Hayden. You can't just put shit on boxes and lie. (laughs) You can't just do that. You can't do that in the target, okay? Definitely not. Look, I'm I'm gonna get right down to the cut. I don't care about any of that. It feels really nice. And that's all I care about. It feels. It sounds like one of those stuff. like head massagers, exactly. but it's, you, it's a roller. Exactly. Yeah. And things yes. don't need to. They don't need to do more than that. You can just like them. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Here's the thing, Hayden. Let me let me give you put on your marketing hat here. You are a marketer at Rosely Boutique TM, which sold this product at Target, and uh, you're you and you and your little marketing bros are sitting in the boardroom. And they're like, "Look, guys, this feels awesome. And first of all, it looks great. Everyone's gonna love the look." We got that down. I need to sell this to these crystal crazy people. How do we do that? And that's when this got written. Okay? So. <laughs> Jade. Jade. Call it Jade. I don't know if it's actually Jade. It looks like Jade. Feels like Jade. I don't know anything about Jade, but it feels great. And honestly, I get tension headaches. It really does. It did loosen up my neck 
a little bit when I was rolling it over my neck. Yeah, so it, it's just a massager at the end of the day. Okay, but I love it. I'm very juiced about it. I recommend it to anyone who has a tight head area. Okay, you're tight welcome. Tight head area. Get get the. We're doing product placement now. Are these people paying us? They should probably be <laughs> oh, paying us. Oh, they should us. be. We should be sponsored. They should be. All right, what's next? I want to I want to move on because I have a question I want to get to as a preamble to our our uh, podcast review, and it might take a while. So should we should we move on and yes. talk about what we've been what we've been listening to? Yes, let's do Aiden, it. Aiden, why don't you what you, what you what you what you got? Uh, you know, I kind of ran dry on podcasts recently, so I so I reached back to re-listen to something I already listened to as a feel-good podcast, and I was listening to the Vana guys again. Nice. Uh, Jeff knows this podcast. They're, I do not. Uh, a pair of I think they're also old cracked employees, but they're a pair of uh, comedian creators who uh, review Vonnegut books and then talk about each one in length. As dry as that sounds, it's actually really funny, and it's it's like a nice, easy listening to. I I, I like reaching back to that sometimes. I wish yeah, that's a I had read enough Vonnegut to say I'm totally gonna listen to that. I probably read two or three of his books. Is that enough to like it? Yeah, they do one on every every uh, book. So if you've read one of his books, and they do a, a long recap section, so you. You'd be fine. Oh, so you can I almost find not it. listen then to the, yeah. the books, or not read the books and listen. I've listened to them all. I I kind of like listening to ones on things I haven't read or probably never. Hmm. Okay, yeah, that's like a good one. Bits. I'll have to check yeah, it out because I do like Vonnegut. I just haven't read his stuff since college. So, and I know you guys love him. I don't totally get why. I'm not saying he's a. <laughs> I'm not saying he's bad. A bad author. I'm just saying. I like when I read his books, probably some of the more interesting books I've read in my academic career, like through high school and through college, like undergraduate. Of course, I'm not reading them in business school because there's no, you know, business context. There probably is, but not to a degree that they teach you in graduate school business. Um, anyway, so I they were definitely more enjoyable books to read, but it's I, it's never his stuff has never been something in my mind where I'm like, ooh, you know what? I want to go back and I want to, I want to read that or I want to put it on audiobook. So what's, tell me and tell the listeners of the world, what is the best part about Vonnegut and why should people revisit him? Oh God, that's a hard thing to pull off the top of my head. The best part about Vonnegut? Well, okay. You know, what made, what so, appeals to you so much? just like a jade roller. I just like it. It feels good. <laughs> <laughs> His books are never feel good. They're like crazy dystopian insanity. All right. So, so I love Vonnegut and it's mostly because it's really insane sci-fi mixed with really interesting like human psychology. Like he doesn't just do here's a sci-fi topic and I'm going to do crazy shit. He's like here's a weird sci-fi concept and here's like crazy people dealing with it. Like he's the best author in a like in a 150 page short sci-fi book. He will take these characters through these like crazy different scenes and just like the most insane made up and kind of funny sci-fi. And it all ties back together in some strange way. And it's like, have you read Cat's Cradle? No, I've not. Oh, my gosh. Should I Cat's put that at the top of my list? Like a, you should put it at the top of your list. It is one of the best, like, religious commentary sci-fi books. Like, he makes up this whole religious concept in it that's kind of similar to Buddhism. And it's just about, like, how people are tied together. And, you know, if you and I are connected um, and, like, you're helping me get to like a better place in life like there's a word for that or maybe you're actually like bringing me down in life like maybe andrew you and i are friends and i think it's great but actually you're like a false friend of mine and you're just like tearing me down and he bundles all that into this just like insane small sci-fi book and it's oh it's so fucking good man okay i'll read really good at like little one-off bits too so the, the the lines and the little ideas he throws in there and there's even concepts he talks about in the book his sci-fi concepts that he just throws out that are really interesting but they take up four sentences yeah huh he's a really he, good writer and he does all that while writing well yeah i i yeah. never i'm not discounting his writing again this is interesting it's just i always like to hear why people like stuff i know that sounds trivial but for example, we did it with Harry Potter. Now I'm doing it with Kurt Vonnegut. Because, again, it's not like I don't like Kurt Vonnegut. I just never had a desire past academia to dive back in. But you guys, you've stimulated my brain. I'm interested. Yeah. 
It's I just I don't think you would like it because I think it falls into the same welcome to Night Vale no. type of thing. <laughs> no, it where does you have not. to be you have to be like loose and welcome to just like being thrown into randomness. And it's hard to be like hard to be in that place. I have never had it, a problem engaging with one of his books. Ever. Which did you read Slaughterhouse Five? I did. And I liked it. I really yeah, like Slaughterhouse not, Five. That's not his normal book. That is a side outcast compared to everything else. That's his that most one is much more linear. It makes it, it is very much... linear, and I think that's why they use it in like uh, I think I read that in high school because I think yeah. it's approachable for high school students. The rest of his books are not that. Uh, they're more silly and sci-fi than that one is. Yeah. I I'll have to. All right, I'll I'll read the what was it called? Cat's Cradle. Yeah, this would dude, be you so gotta great. Read Cat's Cradle. We should, we, you know, uh, revamp oh, shit, Harry Potter so challenge season two, episode twenty through thirty. We'll we'll do a, a I... Vonnegut read. <laughs> Do you guys want a quick Harry Potter update? I mean, like, 10-second Harry Potter update. Yeah, let's okay. hear it. 10 seconds. I still Go. haven't finished the book. <laughs> That's not that surprising at all. That, that shouldn't just... surprise anyone. No. I, you have no drive to, right? Like, I, I read a chapter last night. Just going to throw okay. that out there. Read the chapter about the, the funny mirror. I forgot what it's called. There's a mirror in Hogwarts for no reason. Never explained. The, Doesn't the represent anything. Mirror? Yeah, you, you, look, you, you look in the mirror and you see what you most desire. You guys recall this? This mirror? Yeah. Does this come back? Yeah. Does that mirror come back? I don't know, Andrew. You kind of got to read the series. Oh, my God. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> it's like a, such a stupid... It was such a useless chat. I, I don't want to get into it. Okay, okay. Let me just tell you. One of my followers on Twitch, he came into my chat, and I said, hey... He's, he said he'd been listening to the podcast. I was like, well, give me some feedback, dude. Like, let me hear what you got. His name is Nerf Bats. Dedicated follower. Love Nerf Bat. He, uh, he said to me, I love when you guys shit on Harry Potter. I was like, holy fuck. The only feedback we get about the Harry Potter segment is that we need to keep doing it. I was like, that, okay, we need more more notes because I don't know if we can just mm. dedicate a section of every podcast to Harry Potter. That's so why I was like, 10 second update. I haven't finished the book. I do want to do a recap once I have finished the first book, which shouldn't take me too much longer. I think I only have like less than 100 pages left. So it shouldn't realistically on, we, take me. We, we, so, we should talk about this at the end because I, I, have, I have big ideas. Okay. Jeff. What are you going to say, Hayden? Uh, in my Vonna guys podcast that was talking about, uh, God bless you, Mr. Rosewater, the book they were going through and they were talking and they were talking about author styles and like how different people write. And they literally had this, uh, tangent where they're like, you know, some authors that they're really famous and their story carries, but they're just really shitty writers, you know, like JK Rowling, Harry Potter. Is just <laughs> <shitty>. <laughs> oh, geez. That's great. That's so correct. I can't escape it. Even in my other podcasts that are literally not about Harry Potter at all, they're talking about Harry Potter. And before we move on, did you finish listening to the new Hardcore History? I know that was on your list. Yeah, yeah, totally. Was it sweet? It, it is. It's uh, it's very on par with the rest of his stuff, but okay. uh, it's part three of Story of World War II in the Pacific Theater. Hmm. Good okay. Lord, there's a lot to unpack in the Pacific Theater. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's he's a really good orator and just kind of go off about things and tell epic war stories in interesting ways. And I like I, I like that stuff. Like sometimes, uh, have you ever seen those YouTube channels that go through like historic battles and you know show where all the troops are placed and how everything runs through? I I don't think I would be like a Civil War reenactor, but I really like that kind of stuff. I think it's super, but like just the logistics of how everything works and you know, why you could have a several million dollar battleship that's completely used. So have you seen the YouTube channel? It's called oversimplified. Mm, no, I don't think so. Okay. After you will watch these all night. If you go after the podcast, go watch one of his videos. Oversimplified takes history stories and history, like big boy, like, I mean, world war two, all that shit and oversimplifies them and animates them in a very comical way, but it's still very accurate. It's an awesome YouTube channel for history. Awesome history YouTube channel. He releases a video like, like this is how like they're long, but they're really good. Cause he goes into detail, but it's very, the simplified pieces of it. That's why it's called oversimplified. Uh, he takes months to make one video. He's awesome. So I would highly recommend yeah. if you like history and you want to like get some comic comic relief out of history too, I would totally go listen to Oversimplified or go watch Oversimplified. Totally awesome YouTube channel. That's beautiful. For for hardcore history, it almost reminds me of the opposite of 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> over detailed. I really want to like that podcast, and I just, I, I think I something happened to me as a child, and I hate history for some reason. I some uh, history teacher must have smacked me, <laughs> and I hurt by history, suppressed it or something. I. Courtney loves history too. Like she reads all these Nazi books and all knows all this stuff about Nazi Germany, and I just, I know nothing. Hmm. What do you listen to, Andrew? All right, so uh, I've been super busy at work, so I haven't had a chance to, uh, like I said, sometimes my work doesn't let me, like the stuff I'm doing, my brain can't listen to a podcast and do my work. So I haven't been able to do a lot of podcasting lately, except for the podcast we're listening to this week, which I'm very excited about, by the way. I love 99% Invisible. I can't wait to talk about it. But I, the other day, and by the other day, I mean yesterday, have you guys, we've talked about conspiracy theories before on this podcast, but in a very joking way, you know, there are people out there who really love theories. I mean, they believe them, right? Like those people exist. Colleen found on YouTube, this, this uh, Danish woman who created a 10 part series about the biggest conspiracy theory in the world, which is this like, I think it's pretty common, but it's like the world is controlled by like three people and they're mega elite rich people and they control the entire world and it's all funneled through a satanic pedophile ring and it the Clintons are involved and every rich person's a pedophile and it's crazy. Okay, so we watched eight episodes of this fucking thing last night. And most of the time I was listening, I was like, everything you have said is has literally been proven wrong by one Google search. Mm. I mean, it takes one Google search, one quick dive into anything can prove that you're totally off base. But it was so fascinating to watch this person just go through these motions and talk about these things that happened in like World War II and stuff that I literally can't say I that's wrong because I don't know the history well enough. Like she was talking about like the royal families and stuff. I was like, I don't know this well enough for me to say that's totally false, which really bothered me because I was like, this is a lot of bullshit, but I can't immediately say that's incorrect. You're totally wrong because I don't know the history. And I won't call her an active video editor because the videos are just pictures after picture after picture after picture. And she's just talking over it. And, uh, I don't know how, but we spent like two hours watching these and it was fucking crazy. And I don't even know what it's called. I don't even know what the channel is called, but to put this into perspective, I'm not going to, I'm not going (laughs) to, because it's, it's seriously, it could really convince some people who don't have the worldliness to critically think about what she's saying. I could see it really, really honing in on some people's brains and then being like, this is a hundred percent true. I will say at the core of her, like it sounded like straight up right wing propaganda because she was like the Donald Trump administration is the only one fighting the secret society. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And she was like promoting building the wall. And it was all like this right wing propaganda stuff and i was like what the shit are you i can't believe you watched eight episodes i couldn't stop i could not stop when you're (laughs) you know have you ever just watched insane people be insane there's like a a disaster unfolding yes exactly it's like watching a disaster unfold you're like i can't look away i have to see what the fuck you're getting at I get so annoyed and so enraged like two minutes into it that I have to stop. I almost, I almost did seriously. And then, and then I just, I was like, I got to power through this. I got to see where the fuck she's getting out with this insanity. (laughs) And like, Uh, she all revolved it around 4chan. And I don't think she realizes that 4chan Uh, is full of people making stuff up constantly. 4chan (laughs) is also full of a ton of alt-right crazy people who will come up with anything to make the right wing sound like the true heroes in the world. And I'm not saying that like, again, I want to make this clear. I'm not making a political statement with this. This is what she was saying in her videos. But she was believing everything that was written on 4chan. She, I don't know if you guys are aware of 4chan at all. Are, do you, have you guys spent any time on 4chan or aware of it? I know about it from our friend Brian, who was a big 4chan friend person for a little while, but I think just for like hockey and Halo. I don't know. I know very little. So yeah, at its core, 4chan was originally like just a message board where you could talk about shit you enjoyed, but it became this crazy shit show not the point um on 4chan it is really common for them to call each other autists because 
everyone on 4chan exhibits a level of autistic behavior that they think is comical. So it's become this thing where they're like, all right, you fucking autist, shut up. Like, so they just throw the word autist around like crazy. And in her video, she said, we are a bunch of autists. And I was like, oh no, you don't realize, you don't think this is a joke. You don't think they're calling you an autist as a joke. You think it's like this commendable, commendable thing. No, they're literally taking a giant dump on you at all times. And she thinks it's all real. And I was like, you created videos about this. Here's the cherry on top and then I'm done. Guess how many views all her videos had. I mean, guess how many views episode number one had. Just guess. More than I want to know. 200,000. 10. 4 million views. And people in the comments comments, like... Oh, and the people in the comments are like, this should be airing on news networks. This should be around the world. Like, I was like, oh, no. Uh, right, but oh, the fuck me. control the media. God damn it. It was, oh, dude, it was it was brutal. Absolutely brutal. I'm going to finish it. I have to. I'm two episodes, we're two episodes away. I got to finish it. Wait, you so it's like a to. 10 episode series yes. about how this is all happening? Yes, correct. And then, okay. Yes. For half of those people, I honestly believe that they're just like, oh my God, I've created, I can just sell this. And like, they don't believe it at all, but they're just, playing into the crazy people yes 100 percent. that is exactly what's happening she's on 4chan actually a crazy person herself yes correct she is insane without a doubt <laughs> and for sure there are a bunch of 16 year olds who are like you know it'd be really funny making a bunch of boomers believe in this crazy conspiracy theory how about we dive deep into this forever and that's and that's what they've done and people are believing it a lot like all over the place i couldn't i was shocked i was expecting to look at the comments and people being like, what the fucking shit are you talking about, lady? But no, it was all support. All support. The like to to dislike ratio, it was like 40,000 likes, 800 dislikes. I was like, what the absolute shit is going on? So that's what I've been listening to, Jeff. <laughs> that's what I'm I... I'm so sorry for you, Andrew. I, dude, I don't... Really it, feeling it, yourself uh, with the bestest humanity you know really elevating yourself i don't i do i i don't know what it is and i don't know what it is but i i know a lot of people who feel the same way but i love watching a good shit show unfold and (laughs) that's what it was for like two and a half hours i was just watching a shit show unfold with crazy backing you know like very limited evidence disprovable evidence but only disprovable if you're like you know you're if you disprove it you're part of them you know you're part of the problem kind of thing i was like what the fuck, dude? <laughs> oh, it's so hard boy. when you get to that deep of a conspiracy level because anytime anybody says anything to try to correct it, they're like, oh, but that's just what they want you to believe. Exactly. You know, it, you get into a level where what do you show someone to like make them think that they should relook at things? And that's where I, I don't know, that's where I get kind of sad about. I do too. The Jeez, internet's going to be the downfall of us all. That doesn't matter. We still get to use the internet to find great podcasts like this one. So that's great. Also, speaking great. of great podcasts like this one, for the love of God, follow us on Twitch. Or not Twitch, I'm sorry, follow us on Twitter. <laughs> Tangent Quest's podcast on Twitter, at Tangent Quest. And if uh, you believe in that conspiracy, perhaps uh, the hashtag conspiracy with us. Or <laughs> conspirizing. That's a word. Huh? <laughs> there's a hashtag for you kids at home. It's good stuff. Do you think there's a bunch of conspiracy theory podcasts that we just don't know about? Yes. Like, Really? Okay. Oh my god. You're I bet you we right. could find, we could probably I bet you this lady has a podcast. I bet you anything. You're probably right. I just feel like so many podcasts and this is probably just the podcast I end up listening to, but lean so liberal. I just can't I am looking at my large list of podcasts and I none of them I don't know. I'm very curious what the uh, conspiracy theory podcasts are. Keep in mind that probably pretty clear to algorithms your political standing. Totally. Totally. The algorithm is keeping you focused on things they know your brain will like. So they're never going to recommend to you super alt-right podcasts, right? Or alt-right conspiracy yeah. theory podcasts. That's just not how it's going to go. Also, I bet you they're not very popular. Just going to toss that one out there. Probably not a <laughs> hard probably lot not. Of- <laughs> we can hope not. You're probably too mainstream to get the, the far left conspiracy podcast, which are probably just as equally. Oh, I bet you they're crazy too. Yeah. 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 Well, sorry, Andrew. I hope you find uh, better stuff to listen to. No, no. I mean, like I said, it was entertaining in the way of like, man, let's see where this goes. You know, I, I can't wait to find out 
how society's gonna end today, right? I sure. Jeff, cheer us up. Cheer us up. What have you been listening to? Oh man, you know, guys, I've been listening to a lot of ologies. That that podcast is so fucking good. They had one about a. They had a video game one with uh, some video game expert. Uh, and it was so freaking good. It was the most, like, you know, I kind of went into it being like, oh, this will, we'll talk about, like, how video games are progressing and whatnot. But it was kind of the, uh, like, psychological benefits of people playing video games and, you know, what, you know, why people do it and how they get into it. And they address, like, the people that think that video games uh, make people more violent and, I don't know, all that stuff. And it was so freaking good. And it was, it. I got Courtney to listen to it, and it's a... Uh, it's the best, like, make your girlfriend listen to this podcast about video games. Because it, it was, uh, you know, Allie Ward doesn't know anything about video games, so it's someone who doesn't know anything about video games getting them explained to her by this cool expert. And it, it was sweet. It was, a, it was a nice, heartwarming podcast. Jeff, can you give us the podcast number or what it's called so us, everyone at home, and me can listen to this episode? It was Ludology with Jane McGonigal, episode 78. There you go. I definitely want to listen to yeah. that one. That sounds sweet. It was a sweet one. They had one about ignorance. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of ologies. It's been sweet. Um, and I started getting back into Harmontown. It's been too long. <laughs> back on the Harmontown train. Back on the wagon. Or back off the wagon. No, no. We should we should track this. What's the dry spell for Harmontown? What do you think the max time was? Man, I don't know. That might have been two months. It was too long. That wow, that's a dead. long time for you. Do you think that's been the longest? It for sure has been the longest. Oh, it's man. it's so <laughs> Have easy you started to from to. the beginning again? No, I um. So this is a tangent for sure. Um, I was looking at stuff about Allie Ward, who does the Ologies podcast, and I realized that she was friends with the people that did the um. Do you guys know about the uh, McDonald teeny video from way back when? No. These these two no. girls made a very popular video. They they did this YouTube series where they just made like really ridiculous alcoholic drinks, and they made one. I think I'm butchering the name. I think it was called like the Mc McNugget Teeny, where they took like all these random shit and then they put like McDonald's chicken nuggets on the rim of the glass, and it got like millions of views back when YouTube wasn't very popular. And it turns out that that was Allie Ward, and the girl that uh, does the uh, My Favorite Murder podcast. Wow! And it became this huge tangent. Uh, and the people that did the My Favorite Mur Murder podcast were on Harmontown. So I was like, oh, I gotta go listen to that again and see if they talk about Ellie Ward. Do they? Yep. No. Oh. <laughs> yep. What do they talk about? <laughs> well, they talk about that McNuggetini video, but it's, oh. yeah, it's, it's, it was really, yeah, I'm not gonna get into it, but it was very strange. Harmontown has had a lot of people from My Favorite Podcast on, actually. Like the Doughboys guys run Harmontown. That is a great episode. They're awesome on there. Yeah. Yeah, dude, Harmontown. So good. All right, let's talk about this week. This great, great podcast, ninety nine percent visible. They describe themselves. They have a great description, by the way. Some people don't do great. This is a beautiful one. Design is everywhere in our lives. Perhaps most importantly, in the places where we've just stopped noticing. Ninety nine percent visible is a weekly exploration of the process and power of design and architecture from award winning producer Roman Mars. Uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's it's. I know why this is your favorite podcast, Andrew, because it's basically Freakonomics, but with it just more, I don't know, more something. It's more interesting for some reason to me. It's really good. Yeah. The episodes so, are short. They just talk about anything. Yeah. So this is the beauty of design, right? Is being a human means that you have designed something. I You could talk about your habits. That's a design. How you operate in the world. That's a design feature, right? I mean, like, the, everything is design. So they have set themselves up for incredible success in that way you know we've talked about this before what makes a good podcast it's a really strong theme that you can follow up with on consistently all the time design is perfect because it's vague and you can do everything in the world for example this week we listened to one of seriously one of my absolute favorite episodes because i love basketball we listened to an episode where they talk about the three-point line in basketball um, but I have never listened to an episode. I've listened to a lot of 99% Invisible, and I'm really glad we revisited it this week because it reminded me of how good it was and how many episodes I've missed. I've listened, I started listening to 99% Invisible when they were on like episode like 85, which doesn't sound 
like I was that early, but they're on episode. They're over a four hundred episodes at this. So I was listening to every episode of Ninety Nine Percent Invisible from that point on, and then I cut. I cut it off because I, I. I don't know. You know, life changes, and you start listening to different stuff. And I love Roman Mars's voice more than anything. But uh, I don't know. I just it's, he's it's, a beautiful voice. Oh my god, uh, the voice for radio. He is like the definition of voice for radio. You could listen to Ninety Nine Percent Invisible, even if you don't give a fuck about design or the subject just to listen to roman mars discuss it he i his voice i just wish that was my voice it's beautiful <laughs> it is yeah it is the perfect tone there's something about so you know his these episodes are another show that came off of a radio show and there's something about the radio host like i am sure that you have to fight to get into those positions and like oh god who's the guy from ted radio hour his name is like Guy something, oh, and he also yeah. just has the nicest voice in the world. There must be something about getting into that profession where you just master your ability to talk at these like nice tones. You could just have it. I wish his voice was like a track I could put on in the background while I'm working. It's kind of <laughs> relaxing, you know. It's it like is. It's relaxing, but it's you're attentive. It's relaxing, but it's also a little serious. I don't. It's it's fucking. Per- Whenever he, he says, relatable, but yeah, smart at the same time, it's yeah, like it, a it father figure points. to me in some ways. Uh, it's, <laughs> but anytime I hear, I'm Roman Mars, I'm like, yes, fuck yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are, yeah, you're Roman Mars, <laughs> fuck yeah, we're listening to ninety nine percent invisible. It, it's oh god, it's a good podcast. You could, and the best part about it is they have so many episodes is you can find an episode on anything you're interested in at this point. They've covered crazy topics, uh, and they've had multi-part series on stuff, and they're awesome, and they're very, very highly produced podcasts. I mean, the epitome of production is absolutely done with 99% Invisible. Let me tell you one of my favorite little details about this. I want to know if you guys noticed this or liked it. Do Every time someone starts talking, they don't introduce them They'll have them start talking about the subject they introduced. So they'll like introduce the three-point line in the basketball episode. And then they'll say, and then Roman Mars will be like, that's Dr. Blah, blah, blah with blah, blah, blah. And I, I just love their little interjections are just so beautifully edited in. And they're perfect. And I love them. Do you guys that's not notice that? such a small detail. I never oh, did not so notice good. that at all. It's so good. They there do is it a- so well. There's a Planet Money podcast where they didn't know what to do for their like 300 episode or something. So they did a podcast on how they make their podcasts. And they mentioned nice. that as one of the things they do where they're like, yeah, you got to introduce the character, but you don't want to just introduce them straight up because that's boring. So you have a soundbite and then your listeners like, oh, I wonder who that is. And then you introduce them. And that's exactly what they do. Yeah. But I think 99% Invisible does it the best. Probably just because it's Roman Mars most of the time doing it. And I like hearing him yeah. say stuff, anything. He could say anything. And I'd be like, yeah, nice. That's great. He could be like, yeah, Andrew, I'm going to come back. to your house and slaughter your family. And I'd be like, nice. <laughs> awesome. Sweet. Thanks, Roman. Please. <laughs> I'd love to hear your voice. As long as you talk to me while you're doing it, that's great. <laughs> like, yeah, I assume you're pretty smart. So if, if you think that's best. I mean, you yeah. know design. I'm sure that's a design. I'm a design flaw in the world. So just take me out. That's great. So just circle back. We listen to 199, the yin and yang of basketball. And then we listen to another basketball episode, 77 Game Changer. And one was about uh, them setting like the height of the basket and some of the rule changes in basketball over the years. And the other one was about setting up the shot clock and like making basketball more exciting. And to be honest, I, I'm not even a huge basketball fan. And I still thought those episodes were, they were so cool. They were really interesting. It was good stuff. I love the concept about like how to design a game. Cause you kind of think like football is just football and you never really think or basketball is just basketball. And you don't think about how it was actually got to that point. But there's all these like little tweaks you can make and little things you can do that make it more interesting to watch or quicker or can really drag it. Yeah, and I think basketball is such a great. They mentioned this in the podcast, so I'm just I'm, this is not my own thought. This is Roman Mars being smart or the team being smart. But what's the coolest part about basketball is it's one of the only sports in the world where you can pinpoint the exact day, time, and experience where it was created why it was created, who created it. And he's on, he recorded himself, the creator of basketball talking about why he created it. It's just fat. You, I mean, how you can't say that for a lot of sports. And so it's really interesting to, I think basketball, you can really dive into how the hell did we get here? Because there's so much that went into developing it. Like it's crazy to me that the baskets being 10 feet tall 
was just by chance and it just worked out perfectly that's just <laughs> crazy dude what what killed me was they talked about that they had the baskets but they didn't cut the hole in the basket so the ball would just go through that took them 10 years to figure out to cut that <laughs> hole and that just like i honestly didn't believe it when he said that i was just like he couldn't have taken that long they they like because that's such a pivotal part of basketball but i guess they were scoring so few points back then and you, they you know you got to reset and stuff after they do that so i don't know that 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 was crazy to me yeah i love the idea of the the shot clock though because like that's like people had a game a fully fledged out game that they were paying at college and professional levels and they're like something's wrong with this game it's you know it's too slow it became too slow and too tall about tall people we need to change it we need to implement a rule to fundamentally change the game to make it more i love that idea adding a completely new shot clock rule make it better god but can you imagine how boring basketball would be if you could just hold on to the ball i can't it'd be unwatchable and it was people just didn't want to watch it i totally get that so yeah i i loved these episodes because basketball took a lot of work to get good because it sucked for so long i also like how a bunch of snooty old white people were like i don't like how people are dunking I don't like dunks. Mm. It makes me mad because I can't dunk, so no one should be able to dunk. But the invention of the three-point line, ah, ah, I mean, that's just like good shit. Keep dunking, but let people shoot. Oh, God, I love it. I love the history of basketball. These episodes are great. And they're short. It's like the two episodes we listened to are a total of 40 minutes. So bite-sized. Can you imagine being the first person to dunk on somebody? Like, that must have been so mind-blowing. Like, you're going up to block them shooting, and they just, like, crash into the net and dunk it. I bet the first... I would pay big money to be there. Cheating. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah, I I bet the first person who got dunked on, like, absolutely fucking dominated by a dunk was like, I can't play this game anymore. I cannot play basketball anymore. It's over. I have to quit. I don't care how much I'm being paid. It's over. That was legal. I can't stop that. I'm out. (laughs) <laughs> I'm out of here. I also I love the. Can't imagine. There's some rule they had to add against goaltending because they were just getting really tall people to stand in front of the yeah. net and just like swat the ball away. Yeah. That just blew my mind. Like, I mean, of course you can do that. I've seen that rule called in basketball, but that's such a funny strategy. Just be like, all right, you go stand by the net. Just stay there. Like, just swat the ball if it comes at it. Yeah. That's fucking great. And those are the biggest point scorers, too, because they would swat the ball away or just grab it out of the air and run to the other side of the net and dunk on everyone because <laughs> everyone else was like 5'9 and they're like, what am I supposed to do? This guy's. 610 how do i play god that's gonna be the sport where body size makes the most difference but you could throw in like sumo wrestling uh but have you seen there are videos of this white dude who went to go sumo wrestling and he's not chunky he's just fucking ripped and he went to japan to become a sumo wrestler he's like a professional sumo wrestler so he's not girthy he's just ripped and it actually kind of works for him he's like actually pretty successful i'll have to find the videos and send them to you guys it's really funny to watch but he, yeah, there's these big old sumo boys. And uh, then this guy. And he looks like a pipsqueak compared to them. <laughs> but I would say... Uh, I, think I, I think I have seen videos of that guy. I just always thought they were like, you know, one-offs. Like, no. they can't be like the mainstream. That but guy's professional. Yeah. But basketball, I'd say of all sports, like because of the need to defend everyone, I think size, it is a size matters almost the most of most sports. Even in football. I think you can play football professionally at a lot larger spectrums of height in almost every position except for linemen. You can play pretty much, you know, running backs in the NFL who are 5'9 and shorter. I mean, they're tiny guys. Same with receivers. There are short receivers out there. Um, Baseball is like you could be any size to play baseball pretty much. I mean, it doesn't really matter. But basketball, I mean, except for like Isaiah Thomas, who is the um, shortest dude to ever play. I think he's like, I think he actually is like 5'8 or 5'9. He's short. Oh, God. But he's just got, I mean, he's he was just a, he was the lethal, he was such a lethal shooter. He could make it in the NBA thanks to the three-point line. And that's just goes to say how great the design is, is if you have lethal shooters, you can play at any height. You just have to be more creative than the other team. You have to set up plays better. It just created this whole new world of, of innovation within the sport. And I wish sports nowadays would, maybe add some Hayden and I have the same question we uh we came up with this uh independently but 
do want to ask if if you can come up with a rule for any sport to to change it like they did here with adding the three point line or the shot clock. Can you come up with anything? I can go first if that helps. Yeah, go first. Go first. I got one off the bat. So I love soccer. I think it's a great game, but it is slow as a game. Like there's not a lot of points scored. It's such a long field that the possession takes a long time. I I don't even think this is a major change. You know, indoor soccer where it's like a much shorter court and you can play off the walls and things. I want indoor soccer to be professional soccer. I think that would be infinitely more entertaining. I agree. I've watched indoor soccer. It's sweet. The the trick shots off the walls would become a whole thing. That, I think it would really change the game. The only thing I don't like about that is I fucking love a good corner kick. Like, that is the most anticipation and, like, the, I don't know, that's, like, a cool strategy part. So you'd lose the corner kick. But off the sidelines, I totally agree. I, I would love for the sidelines. Like, throw-ins are so boring. I, I would I would love that change. That's a good one. Then you, as long as you, yeah, that'd be sweet. I also had a soccer one. I wanted, uh, Andrew, tell me this. In hockey, how many people do you get to have sit on the bench? Uh, in the NHL, I actually don't know off the top of my head. I think you, could, you have you four guess. lines, four full lines. So there's probably 20 people, 22 people on the roster on average, I would guess. Okay. So, so yeah, there's probably five people on the ice, fifteen or sixteen people on the bench, including a backup goalie. That would be my immediate okay. guess. I want soccer to have hockey substitutions. So I want like twenty people on the bench, and I want you to be able to just like sub out on the fly. Yes. And I'm imagining like your goalie gets the ball and he's about to make like a big boot, and your three defenders just run off the side, and you put in like your three fresh leg like fastest guys. And they just like chuck it to the front and they're just like sprinting down the line. I think it'd be a oh, sweet way to make soccer it, really like you run like eight to 11 miles a game. So if you could just swap people out and get fresh legs, like people would be sprinting like crazy. It'd be so fast. You could get these just like speedy guys that don't have a lot of endurance just to go sprint up the line and make these cool plays. I think it'd be sweet. That'd you could awesome. have like a little gate, like the new people can't literally, the gate doesn't open for them to come on until the, the person like tags out. Oh, yeah, like one of those train stoppers. They have that sometimes where, oh, you know, there was technically two people on the field because the new person went on a little early. Like, just get rid of that, have, like, a gate system. That way you could, like, run with people in and out constantly. Yeah. You could, like, take out the goalie. The goalie could just run out behind the goal, and you just have guys chuck it up front. That would be cool. That would make soccer watchable if they did that. It would just add a level of pace that that needs to be there. Seriously. Soccer has ruined watching football for me because watching soccer, it's it's 48 minutes and then you got like a 10 minute halftime and then it's like 48 to 50 minutes more. And now I watch football and it's just like 20 seconds and then a commercial and then another 30 seconds and a commercial and then another 40 seconds and some commercials. And I, I've lost so it. So I, I will tell you one of the, that was almost exactly what I was going to say is not a rule change, but I just want football to not have commercials. God damn the breaks, dude. When we go to the games, we're at the stadium for like five fucking hours. I'm like, I, I love this game, but the breaks, I'm like, stop it. They don't need this it's many breaks. It, man. Here's the thing about football. Yeah. It's really hard because football is a really rule intensive sport. And that's why mm-hmm. it's impossible for people who don't really want to get into it to get into it. Because it's so, I mean, you got to know, like, fans think they know the rules. Have you ever seen the NFL rule book? It's a monstrosity. Like, the referees don't <laughs> oh. get paid enough to know it that well. Um, Speaking about the history of rules in sports, like, I, I can't remember what podcast it was on. There was a really great bit about the first time in football people started throwing the ball forward as opposed to just running it. Like, it used to just be just like rugby. You just run it. Yeah. And, like, the first throws that was like one of those illegal moments where they're like, can, can you do that? that <laughs> yeah. And it's, Oh, it was always in the rule book. I, re, I remember I was reading a, uh, it was a coaching strategy. Someone posted on like Twitter or something. It was a coaching strategy from like the 1920s. And it said, you know, you still got four downs in the 1920s. That's that was still there, but it said third down too risky to go for it. Just punt on third <laughs> down. No one ever went for it on third down. Cause it was quote too risky. To go for it because like running the ball for a long distance like people fumbled all the time the athletes weren't the same it was crazy that it, i mean the games evolved on its own and this, the thing about football is it's so strategy based and i love a good strategy god damn i love watching good offense and good defense i i just 
I fucking love it. So I, I can't find a thing to change about football because I just really like it. The only thing I would change is get rid of those goddamn commercials. It's so hard to watch. Like, the, I have to watch Red Zone almost unless the Broncos are on. I'll watch the Broncos for, front to back if they're away. But if I'm just watching, it's like a Broncos bye week. I just always watch Red Zone because I don't give a shit about what's happening in the middle. Just get me to the good shit. I'm trying to think of something that would be like actually good. I can come up with some meme rule changes. Like I think I said this on the podcast before, but I really love the idea of two separate football games happening on the same field, but they're crossing each other. So at some point, they're both all running into each other. I love that. I think that actually... This gets makes... into like contact golf territory. See, I also think golf could really get a spruce up from, from some violence on the field. You know, it should be... I think golf should be a race. You all tee off at the exact same time, and you just got to haul ass. You got to sprint to that ball. That would be an amazing way to do it. And if you like... get hit by a ball, sucks to suck, dude. Play it where it lies. Or if you hit someone with a ball... <laughs> Sucks to suck. Oh, you found someone else's ball? Into the water. Sorry, bitch. Better be faster. <laughs> like, I, I I, think that would be great. I think golf could really improve that way. A bunch of golf purists just vomited all over themselves <laughs> from that conversation. Man, oh, sports are hard. I, I'm, I'm not a sports purist by any means, but it's just hard for me to come up with good rules. I've always loved the idea of a four-point line in basketball. I know the three, it's not original, but fuck it, dude. Shoot or shoot. Give them the four-point option. There was people talking <laughs> about uh, when they instituted the three-point line on that podcast, they were like, you know, the old school people who disagree, they just wanted to get their voice in there, and they're like, what are we going to start doing? Getting a four-point line and a five-point line? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be great. We should absolutely do that. <laughs> yes. I think the half-point line, I think the, like, the half-court line should be a five-point line. I genuinely believe that. That'd be sweet. I just remembered one other part of my uh, soccer rules that I wanted to add to this. No. I wanted it to be just like hockey, meaning I also wanted the penalty box. Like, I want if you foul a soccer player, you're just, like, sitting in timeout for five minutes or whatever. There's no, like, stop for play or whatnot. You just do the drop ball. I want soccer and hockey to become one sport. I, I want do. I want soccer. <laughs> you're preaching to the choir. I want soccer to be a full contact sport. Fuck this, like, I guess I want <laughs> soccer to... That's not what to... I was going for. All no, right. I, I, no, but I mean, come on. I mean, that's where you're getting at. I, like, I, I want, so I want people to beat the fuck out of each other on the soccer field. And a bunch of soccer players are listening. They're like, "Ooh, Andrew, I do get the shit beat out of me." I'm like, "Bitch, no, you do not. You bit, you, you." But hockey lay players down are wearing on... full pads. I know. Man. Let's give the soccer players some pads. <laughs> give them a helmet. I don't care, but start hitting each other or something. I want uh, like slide that... tackles is not enough. I want to see some pushing and shoving. I think video review is a huge aspect of sports that people take a dump on, but I'm like, dude, football would be oh. dead to me without it. Yeah. Yeah. I, for I sure. think every sport should have video review. Why is that such a bad thing? Every sport should have it. I don't know why like MLB had this huge tiffy about we don't need video review. I'm like, yeah, you kind of do outs <laughs> and shit. Like, I, are you really want to just go by judgment? And it, I don't oh know when that got implemented. It was a while ago, but there was a huge pushback for video review in the MLB. I was like, why? I don't remember it specifically. I just re I read stuff about it where like sports that got pissed off at video review. And I was like, this just makes me think that players were getting away with a lot of bullshit and they're pissed that they're getting called out on their bullshit. Totally. In soccer, there's only three, like only really three refs. There's one guy in the middle and then two on each sideline. So really at only one time, there's two refs. And you're going to have that, those two people know exactly where everybody is at any given time mm -hmm. for offsides and fouls. Like, it's crazy to think that they could do that. Yeah, it's impossible. And yeah, football, there's just, there's, because the rules have gotten so complicated, there's so many minute things that you have to do right. Your toe has to be at the exact right spot. Like, 50 reviews are great. And they add so much, like, hype and anticipation. Oh, yeah. And they make sure that the refs get it right and they take some of the pressure off of it. 50 reviews are great. They're great. If you yes. disagree, tweeted us at twitter because you could be the first person to give us a tweet i want to know why video yeah. reviews are, are not they're so awesome i love them uh if if you Baseball do not like fun. video reviews hashtag video repeat i don't know how you're gonna do that but try video pu that's what it is that was good yeah that was really good andrew yeah you're welcome for that yeah hashtag that at us uh at tangent quest just do it fucking do it what does it cost you to follow us on twitter nothing just do it i don't you get up. It's it's only helpful. How are people? To, how is it this hard for people to hit the? I don't. All right. Anyway, I got one more sports bit. The one sport none of us talked about, probably because we cared. We don't care enough to bother with changing it. Is baseball. Baseball is super slow. I, it reminds me of like uh, the Futurama episode where they went in the future 
and they went to a baseball game and fry from the past is like this isn't classical american baseball and they're like yeah we spiced it up and the ball's on like a bungee and the players in the outfield have jet packs and there's <laughs> yeah. like, like like in pinball if you get it in certain holes it like shoots around and all these lights go off i think baseball needs a redo okay you want a you want a real good rule change for baseball here's i always thought this would be great baseball every baseball purist i've talked to is like fuck you this is stupid here's what you do the second the pitcher gets the ball back he can pitch it right away no delay he doesn't have to wait for the hitter to be ready (laughs) he just gets to toss that as hard as he can right back at the hitter the hitter's gotta be ready to go that would speed things up so fast and also catching people off guard is a great element to add to sports i think that's fucking brilliant I don't see I a downside like because they they already kind of do it when you're um when someone's trying to steal a base and you get a pitch it to your guy. So I don't know anything about baseball. Yeah, um, that's already so great. That, those are some of my I don't like baseball that much, but those are some of my favorite parts when they do that. So I kind of like a surprise element. Dude, I just I think a pitcher like getting ready to wind up before the ball's in his hand and having to have the catcher perfectly throw it to his throwing arm so he can immediately pitch it right back. God, that's new strats. New that's strats. good shit. I don't know why that's not a thing. <laughs> and, we need and, to get uh, viewer suggestions in for fixes as well. Oh, the yeah. Baseball and others at tangent.quest.podcast at gmail.com. There you go. There we go. Uh, and uh, tweet us uh, hashtag fixmysport. <laughs> <laughs> or my sport's perfect. Don't don't change it. Leave it alone. That's a little hashtag. too long. Don't no, it's it. great. Okay. No, nobody's sport's perfect. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> hashtag change it. Fucking tweet right, at us, you degenerates. Some... There we go. Should we get into some final thoughts about uh, 99% Visible? I think yes. we're all in green. It's, it's good stuff, but uh, Hayden, what'd you, what'd you think? What you got? 99% Visible to me is a great podcast. Would recommend, but to me, it's kind of like Freakonomics or Radiolab Light. They're, they're very bite-sized episodes, and I like that in a lot of ways, but sometimes they just introduce a thing and then say some stuff, and then it's over. It's almost too short for me in a lot. Of- That's fair. I agree. listen yeah. again, but it's if you're on like a long car trip, like you're on a road trip and you got eight hours, I can't imagine just slamming like 15 minute episodes back to back. Oh, it's I used to do that. Nice to have the long content. <laughs> okay, well, Andrew does. Yeah, I feel yeah, good you know. in that way, but that's my one critique. I I totally agree with you. I I would almost say the exact same stuff. Like it's perfect when you want a short episode, more of a tidbit on like some interesting subject. And you can really just pick up any episode at all. I listened to some random episode that was about uh, these people called Ramblers in England that just get to go and just roam whatever land they want because of some laws that were passed. And I was like, this could be interesting or not. And it was super good. But like you said, it's it's like 20 minutes. It was a little short. I wish there was more. But that's not what this podcast is. It's just shorter information about why things are designed certain ways. And they're all, I don't know, Roman Mars is a godly voice and it's it's great to listen to it's really good stuff highly highly recommend so 99 percent visible makes you want to create a new scale i don't know what's at the bottom but roman mars is at the top for voices maybe a voice scale a voice scale i don't know what's at the bottom but it's like can be at the bottom no that's not fair (laughs) (laughs) We, we will decide the bottom we'll figure out the bottom let us know on twitter who's our bottom hashtag who's our bottom uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, it's something to Roman Mars. If clearly this is Roman Mars, so he gets the top pick. But he, I, one of my favorite radio hosts ever, or podcast hosts ever. I absolutely love Roman Mars's voice. I love the podcast. I was the one who suggested it, so I'm a little biased in a way. You guys like it too. So it's, I mean, this isn't anything new. We we this is a podcast that I don't think there's a very small population that won't enjoy it. I think if you like learning something, you like a quick podcast, you like a very high quality podcast, you cannot lose with 99% Invisible. You can choose any episode. I mean any, and they have over 400, and you will enjoy it, most likely. Because I haven't listened to an episode I didn't like, and I've listened to several hundred of their episodes. So I really like it. On a scale of GVP to Sam Harris, it's a little closer to Sam Harris, but it's a very easy listen. I mean, you do not have to be 100% of the game to listen. Uh, and, and you're going to feel better about yourself for listening to it because you'll learn something. It's usually educational. Stuff you don't notice, too. You might have known about something, but you didn't know the in-depth background of why did this happen? 
why did we create the three-point line? Stuff like that. So cool. And they get really great experts. Their experts are awesome. I love 99% Invisible. I would recommend it to anyone. It's that good. And I think it is bingeable, just to be fair. If you have to be in the right mood, it's definitely I it's not going to hit that spot like a nice 2-hour podcast is going to do if you're looking for a nice long podcast like ours this, this week. Uh but it is you can listen to episodes after episodes after episodes and they have an episode on everything. So uh, nothing but positive over here. I think it's easily in my top 3 ever to podcast absolutely without a doubt. Love I it. To definitely death. fits wow. more of the educational vibe though right would you agree with that it's not Absolutely. like a pure entertainment yes podcast. yes this is not a comedy podcast this is not a DD storytelling podcast this is like i want to be interested by facts today yes it is for yeah. sure it's for sure educational but that i mean i told you my like my podcast type is like two to three people who kind of know about something cracking shit at it and this is totally <laughs> not that and it's one of my favorites of all time so that should speak pretty large lengths to how much how good it is and how listenable it is. But yes it is not it's entertaining but it's also educational but it's not like pure entertainment it's not turn your brain off completely and just laugh at stupid shit it's like oh i'm learning something but it's very well produced and put together and fun it's always fun it's yeah. always it's always fun too it's a good like five to six on the sam harris the gvp scale like it's it's a yeah. good right in the middle guy are we done are we done we're done here okay okay well hold on, hold on. follow us on twitter at tangent quest Email is for fuck's sakes. I don't know what's with you people. How hard is it to send an email? It takes 10 seconds. You do 50 a day at work. Skip one of the work ones and send one to us. All right? I, tangent.quest.podcast at gmail.com. It's like you guys don't know this. It's in every description. You see it. You see it. You know what? You're listening to this episode. You're like, I have comments, but I don't want to email. Just do it. What do you have to lose? You're going to get on the podcast. That's like a victory in itself. I, 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 just, uh, just do it. Follow us. Do it bully our audience members into subservience join us <laughs>